one of the teaching pastors here, and we're starting a brand new series called Supernatural today, talking about spiritual warfare today. And then, as Jordan said earlier, we'll be talking about the Holy Spirit the rest of the time. But um, I tell you, it's, it's, it's an interesting subject, um, this whole thing. And, and we don't know how to handle it too much, really, honestly. And, and we may not know that, that much about spiritual warfare, uh, but... I know it kind of freaks me out, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh, how many people love, you know, there's a whole channel, a paranormal channel now, do you know that? You know, I was surfing the other day, night and saw it, and, and how many people like paranormal stuff, you know, The Exorcist, Poltergeist, those kind of, anybody, any kind of, like those kind of movies? Uh, there's a few of you out there, yeah, there you go, you're all sick, I'm telling you, I don't know, I'm just saying, you know, I, I actually, uh, there's a author by the name of Frank Peretti who wrote a series of books about spiritual warfare from, a, it's a fictional, obviously, but from a biblical pers perspective, and I read the first one called This Present Darkness, and after I got done reading it, I couldn't sleep for three weeks, and uh, yeah, uh, what happened, I still sleep with the lights on, I'm just telling you, it's just kind of weird. As a matter of fact, when we were getting ready to do this series, uh, I actually brought Jordan in to show him a couple of different bumpers to use, and he was curled up in a little ball over in the corners, and no, let's not show any of them. It's just, you know, it's just kind of, it, it's kind of weird for some of us, and, and kind of freaks us out a little bit, but, you know, the church has been notorious about handling this whole subject of spiritual warfare in a couple different ways, you know. Uh, some churches see, see uh, demons and Satan behind every corner. Anything that ever happens bad to you is because of Satan, you know. I have a car crash, and you think, oh, it's Satan. No, you were texting while you were driving. You know, you're just kind of dumb, and, and, and that's what happens. Or, you know, you lose your job, and oh, it must have been Satan. No, you showed up to work three times late every week for the last six months, and they don't want you anymore, you know. And then the other thing is that some churches and some people just, I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to even know that it's out there. And, and, and some say, you know, well, maybe it really isn't, you know. I don't know, but that's where we're going to just kind of dive in today and, and see where we land in that whole thing, you know? And, and so today we're just going to walk through some different areas of Scripture, and we're going to bounce around a lot. So if, you wanna, if you're a note taker, you might want to just jot some of these down so you can go back and, and look some of these up. But we're going to be in a lot of different places and kind of give you a 30,000-foot view of, of a little bit of spiritual warfare, of some of the things that, that happen. The interesting thing to me was when I was studying this and, and, and coming to this, this teaching today is that how many different areas of the Bible, different books of the Bible that, that spiritual warfare has talked about, the spirit world has talked about, and how many different authors, how many different people wrote about this, you know, Jesus being one of them. And so it's something that I believe that we really have to take seriously and get a little better understanding. And I am no expert in this field by any means, but we can have the conversations, you know. Love to learn with you as we dive into this. So let's just go into Scripture right away from... Paul writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. He starts out by saying, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have, been, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And here's Paul giving this, this, this description of these strongholds, these things that have power over us. And it's not like, like the world wages war. And, and, and when we think about waging war, we think of hand grenades, we think of missiles, we think of tanks and guns and things like that. Paul says this is not the kind of battle that we as followers of Jesus are in. It's taking something much stronger than that. that there's, a, a, there's a whole world out here that we cannot even see that we live in. And that we've got to take it seriously. You know, these these things that the world has as war, they, they do not effectively do anything in the spiritual war that we are engaged in. There is a war going on around us. 
that we cannot see. But yet this physical world that we live in, there's also the spiritual world that goes on. And there's this whole war going on of this good and evil, this light versus darkness. You know, it's kind of the old Star Wars background. And, and I think we're drawn to those kind of things partly because we understand it at some level that we are in this type of war, this good versus evil. So how do we engage? If we don't use the weapons the world uses, how do we engage with this war that we're in, this battle that we are in? And I think that's why we spent the last four weeks talking about prayer, because prayer is one of the, the, the biggest things that we can do. It's one of our, our biggest weapons, our own faith, understanding what Jesus did on the cross, that he defeated the darkness by paying the price, the penalty for sin on the cross with his blood. And God's word, the scriptures that we go back to and, and ground ourselves in and say, this is the truth. This is, this is what we have to live out of. Paul goes into Ephesians 6.10 It says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. And I think this is so crucial, so important that we understand what he's saying here. It's a simple verse. But he's telling us to be strong, not in our own power, but in his power. We, have to, we, we cannot fight this battle on our own. We have to fight it in his mighty power and be strong in him. Because if we are battling this, if we are waging war with, our, in, with ourselves, we are going to lose this war. He goes on in verse 11. And says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And I, I think this is so interesting. Because each of us are going to have to take a stand. We're being attacked from every angle, every, everything coming at us as, as followers of Jesus, as Satan is trying to take us down. So we are going to have to take a stand. And he talks about the devil's schemes. And I don't know what that word does to you when you think of the word schemes. But I know that there's been times in my life that I've schemed to get what I want to get, you know. I, haven't, I didn't tell my parents the whole truth about everything that was going on just so I could get what I want. And I believe that's exactly what he's trying to get to here. Is the enemy is, is using everything he can. He's scheming in every way to bring us down. He's scheming to a point of, you know, painting these half-truths that's going on. There may be an ounce of truth, but yet there's something underlying that is not correct. He plays with our emotions and our, and our feelings to get us to do what he wants us to do, to take us away from our mission, from our goals. Verse 12 goes on, for our struggle, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul is painting this picture of what's happening in the spiritual world, that there's actually a hierarchy of these demons and these, these other beings, and there's a battle going on. He's trying to get us to focus that this is what our war is. This is what we have to be concerned with. And I think one of the devil's schemes is to, to get us not to even think about those kind of things, but think that it's all about other people, that we are in war with other people, that we are, are in disagreement with other people and, and trying to divide us. And, you know, our battle is not against other people. Our battle is not against the government. It's not against Republicans or Democrats. It's not against CNN or Fox News. It's, it's not against Hollywood. It's not against this organization that you don't agree with. It's not against the blogger that just makes your blood boil. Your battle is against powers in a dark world. That's who is after us. What we see with our physical eyes in our physical world is not all that there is are going on around us and the spiritual world actually influences our physical world and many of you may be in a battle right now 
You may be facing something that's really hard that is really difficult, something that is just, just pulling at you and, and you can't seem to get a grasp on, on, on what is happening and it may be really difficult. It may be in your family, in your relationships, with your children, some kind of addiction, your finances, your, all these things, anxiety, things that are happening that you are just battling with and, and you're, you're in this war and I want you to understand that you are not alone. That whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with right now that's bringing you down, that, 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 that's keeping you separated from God, you are not in this whole thing alone. You will never be alone. There's this great story in the, in the Old Testament. And Israel is a, at war with, with the king of Aram and Elisha, the prophet, the man of God, has been telling the king of Israel everything that's going on that Aram is planning on doing. So the king of Israel shows up and they get defeated all the time. So Aram is getting really upset about this old Elisha dude. And he says, you know, let's just go find him and, and, and capture him and that way he can't tell the king of Israel what's going on. And that's kind of where we pick up the story. They, they come in and they surround, they surround uh, Elisha. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. So he gets up, he goes out in the morning. Elisha's still in, in, in bed getting ready to you know, get some coffee or what have you. And the servant goes out and he sees that all of a sudden they are surrounded and they're here to capture them. Here's what Elijah says. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Which my guess is the servant looks and says, Elisha, one, two, have you been outdoors? We are surrounded with all these chariots and all these people. They have swords and spears. What are you talking about? And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. God gives him this glimpse of the spiritual war, the spiritual battle that is going on. And this servant, for the first time, opens his eyes and sees not only the chariots around from the enemy, but he sees God's army out there, chariots of fire. That's kind of lights you up, doesn't it? I'm telling you, there is somebody in battle for you. Just like in this time with Elisha. You may be facing something that's very hard and very tough, but understand that God has got this. He's in your corner. You are not alone, just like they were not alone. And I love the rest of the story. You've got to go to 2 Kings and read it, because Elisha, what he does, he prays, and God blinds all the other armies, and they come down, and Elisha actually leads them to the king of Israel. It's all in the Bible. It's good stuff. You ought to read it sometime. <clears throat> There's another principle here that we can never forget about the spiritual world is about our prayers. Just as Elisha prayers, prays, they are more important than you can possibly understand and know. See, our prayers actually set things in motion in the spiritual world. Our prayer actually gives angels power. It sets things in motion. You know, you may, you may sometimes pray about something and think that nothing is, is happening, that you've got this situation and you really need God to come through and you're wondering, why, where has God not shown up? Why hasn't he shown up here? And, and there's a story from Daniel. Daniel's heard this, heard, he's had this vision of this great war that's, that's going to come. And he's in mourning. He, he, he senses that something is going on. He, he wants God to give him some answers of, of what is happening so that he can be prepared and prepare his people for it. And he's in anguish. He's in mourning. And he starts praying immediately. And for three weeks, he's fasting and praying and mourning. 
we pick up the story in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day this angel shows up. Which is another cool part of the story, side note here, <laughs> is this angel shows up and Daniel's the only one that sees this vision and hears this angel speaking. But everyone around him is terrified that they don't see it, but they understand there's something going on here that we don't realize, and they are terrified. They actually go into hiding, which reminds me of another place in Scripture where Saul is walking in on the road to Damascus, and he has an encounter with Jesus, and he sees him and hears him, but no one else does, but they are all terrified. There's something in the spiritual world that terrifies those other people, okay? So the angel comes in and says, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them Daniel the very first day asked for God to send him somebody to explain this vision and God in the spirit world sends this angel to go take care of Daniel but he doesn't show up for 21 days three weeks Daniel has got to be in a place where he says I wonder if God is even listening to me I'm fasting I'm mourning I'm praying why hasn't God answered me this angel explains but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. This angel that God has sent to go talk to, da to Daniel has been in a spiritual war, a battle that we cannot see for 21 days. And it's not until Michael, then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. There's this picture that we're given of what's happening. As Daniel prays, God sends an angel and he can't get to Daniel for 21 days because there's this spiritual battle going on. And it's not until Michael comes, the archangel comes and shows up to help this other angel that he gets to go and meet with Daniel. It's amazing. See, there is a battle going on all around us that we can't see. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You have an enemy, and his name is Satan. And he has people in authority, he has minions, he has demons, he has these princes that are all out to make sure that you don't accomplish anything that God wants you to accomplish. Satan is after you, and he wants to bring you down. So let me just give you five ways that Satan comes and, and attacks our world that we are living in to give us this, this, this picture of, of what we are up against. The first thing Satan does is he blinds the minds of unbelievers. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says this, the God, notice that it's a small g, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And we are living in that, that reality right now, aren't we? In the, in the culture, in the society that we are living in right now, you wonder, well, why don't people get it? Why don't people see it? It's because Satan is blinding their eyes no matter what we do. It's why prayer is so crucial and so important for us to pray that God would just unblind these people. Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers. The second thing he does is Satan steals the word of God. And, and Jesus tells this parable of, of the gospel being spread like seeds, and they land, it lands on different soils. And here's what he says in, in verse 19. 
when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. And my guess is that you have seen this. You've actually experienced this in some way that, that maybe you've gotten into a spiritual conversation with somebody, a friend, a family member, whoever it may be. And, and you know, they may not even believe in that whole God thing. They don't really know, but, but there's something that piques their interest. And you see it, there's this little spark and, and they want to know more and they want to learn maybe a little bit more and you have some more conversations. And it keeps going for a while and all of a sudden, they're gone. And it's because Satan has come in and stolen the word of God from them. We see it happen here in church all the time. You know, again, you know, maybe somebody walks in here and, and you know, they've, they've tried the church thing before. They don't know whether it really works or not. They don't know if they believe in this whole God thing. But in, in a last-ditch attempt, I'm going to try one more time. And they walk into these doors and they hear something and they, and they feel hope for a little bit. And they think, I don't know if I, I get it all. I don't know if I understand it all. But, but that they're drawn and, and, and they come back and, 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 they, and they're, they're here for a little while and all of a sudden they're gone and they disappear again because Satan has come in and stolen the word of God. It's why our prayers are so crucial for those who are lost, who are far from God. We've got to enter into this battle with the weapons that we have, not of this world, of prayer and scripture. Third thing is Satan sets traps to ensnare you. Every one of us have some kind of weakness. You have a, a weakness that you just know that, man, you have this vulnerability that, that you can fall into this kind of temptation. We talked a little bit about that last week. And Satan's going to use everything he can. He knows you also. And he's going to set a trap, and he's going to throw things in front of you that, that, that will pull you away from God's purpose in your life. It may be lust. It, it may be alcohol, pornography. It may be some kind of other addiction. It could be all kinds of things, pride, greed, you name it. He knows where you're weak. He knows where, where you can fall, and he's going to do everything he can to trap you into that. So be aware of that. 2 Timothy chapter 2 says this, Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Whatever area that you have some vulnerability in, just understand that Satan will do whatever he can to trap you, to pull you away. Next thing Satan does is he fights to stop you. He wants to do anything he can to stop you from doing the work of God in, in, in your life. You know, and, and, and you may come here sometime and hear this teaching or some kind of teaching and, and, and it changes you. You think, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. This is, this is how we have a teaching on prayer. And you know what? I'm going to wake up earlier in the morning. I'm going to have some quiet time with God. And I, I'm, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to really, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And your child is up all night crying. Satan wants to stop you. You want to be generous. You say, you know what? I, I, I know that I need to be generous. I need to be giving back. And, and so I'm going to start moving my way to tithing. And I'm going to start giving away. And I'm going to start being more generous to all those around me. And then all of a sudden your car breaks down. Your, your furnace goes out, whatever it may be. He'll do anything he can to stop you. You think, you know what, I'm going to volunteer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to impact kids' lives. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to volunteer and bridge kids. I'm going to coach a sports team here. I'm going I'm to work with the youth. I'm going to do something that I can give back and, 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 and help be a positive influence with these people. And all of a sudden now your whole schedule goes crazy because your kids are in this and that and what have you. You don't have time to do it. 
anymore, and Satan will do anything he can to stop you from being effective. You decide, I want to improve my marriage. I want, I want to have the best marriage I possibly can, and, and you're going to give it to God, and we're going to do whatever it takes, and all of a sudden you have the worst fight that you've ever had in your entire life because this is where God, Satan wants to stop you in anything that you do. Listen to Paul in, in writing to the Thessalonian church in 2 Thessalonians 2. For we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. He wants to get to this church to encourage them, to help them, but yet Satan is blocking him from getting there any possible way he can. It's no difference to us today. And to you accomplishing your goals, for you taking next steps with God, whatever it is, Satan wants to stop you from taking those next steps. He will do whatever it takes to block you from doing God's work, from doing what God has called you and only you to accomplish in the kingdom. Do you have an excuse or a reason right now in your mind that, you know, I can't do, God, what you're asking me to do? It could be Satan blocking you from doing what God is calling you to do, whatever that excuse actually is. And then finally, Satan plans to destroy you. He wants to do anything he can to take you out. Peter puts it this way in 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. There's this activity that Peter's talking about of, the, of Satan going around from place to place, from person to person, man. He is looking and searching for someone that he can take down, that he can devour. You know, and, and I love this thing. He says, be alert. He just wants us to be aware of this. And, and I want you to be aware of this also. As a matter of fact, you know, baptism is a big deal around here. We love baptism. We celebrate baptism. And, and I, I, I have the honor from time to time to baptize somebody. And, and, and when I get them in the water before I baptize them, you know, this is great joyous occasion and I tell them you know I just want you to understand that man this is a, a, an amazing day for you it's a great day for you to, to to take this next step I'm so proud of you but I want you to understand something because you're getting serious about your faith because you're going in front of your community your family and saying I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever it takes to follow God in every area of my life you just put a target on your back and Satan wants to take you down <laughs> and and I want you to understand that your life might not get better from this point it may get worse Things may happen that you don't expect and you don't want to. Isn't that joyous? Isn't that great? Man, I'm such an encourager. And then I baptize them, you know? But it's what happens. And I'd rather them be aware and understanding and be prepared for what's coming next. He hates you. He will do anything he can to take you out. He wants to take out your marriage he wants to take out your family. He wants to take out your, your, your job. He wants to do anything he can to destroy you. He wants you addicted to work. He wants you addicted to leisure. He wants you addicted to money. He wants you addicted to, to pornography, whatever it is. He wants you so you are not available for God's use. And he is sneaky. You don't even see it coming. It comes in little doses and little things and little things that, that, that come into your mind. In my last ministry position, I had this guy that I had become friends with, and he was such an encouragement, man. It was such a cool thing, and I, I was actually able to help baptize him, and, and he said, you know, I just, I just want to live my life, and I, I, he actually offered to take, 
take over one of our largest ministries. He was going to be amazing at it. He would have been great at it. Shortly after that, he got a job promotion. And it started taking more and more of his time. And we saw him less and less, and I was able to, to get really with him and, and talk about what was going on in life and things. And, and we saw, like I said, we saw him less and less, and he started to fade, just a slow fade. Turned to alcohol, lost his marriage, lost his family. Never could get together with him again, and he was gone. He's taken out. And I am convinced it's all because Satan was scared to death that he had something to give. He didn't even see it coming. And it happens here all the time. We see people come in and, and, and get excited about God, and, 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 and something happens, and, and they get disgruntled. They get, they get maybe disconnected, feeling a, a feeling of disconnected, and, and then they start disappearing, and they go, and, and all of a sudden now we don't see them anymore, and there's no impact in their lives. And it breaks our heart. And they're not able to make a difference in anybody's lives again. I don't want that for you. See, there's a battle going on that we cannot see. But it is happening all around us. And it affects us every minute of every day. Are you a little freaked out? Even studying this and coming back and, and reengaging in some of this stuff, it, it, it does, it freaks me out. I'll be honest with you. And it's a little bit scary. But just as Peter says, I just want you to be aware. I know I've had my antennas up a little bit more as of late. Is, is, is what's going on? What am I hearing? Is this thing, that, this discontent that I have in my, in my head, is it, is it from Satan? Is, is he trying to do something? Is he being sneaky again? Is he trying to pull me away? And I just want you to be aware of that. And just start asking yourself, why am I feeling this way? What is going on in my lives? Why, why is there this discontent? Why is this discouragement? Why, what's going on? And if nothing else, if you just be aware that maybe this is spiritual warfare, maybe this is Satan trying to take me out. And I really struggled with how to close this whole <laughs> teaching today. <clears throat> and I was praying, I said, God, I, I, I just don't have a closing. What, what is it you want me to say at the very end of the, this whole thing? And I, I follow a person by the name of Christine Kane. I don't know if you ever heard of her or not. She speaks on all kinds of circuits and things. She's incredible. We go to any conference we can where she speaks. And it just so happens in her Facebook post that, that day, this, this came through. And I'm just going to, this is how I'm going to close today. I'm just going to read you what Christine Kane talks about. Here's what she says. <clears throat> There's no doubt that the greatest fight you will have to fight on an ongoing basis is the fight for faith. The enemy is a liar, deceiver, and accuser. He is relentless. He will try and make you think that God is not good, that God is unfaithful, that God is mad at you, that you are hopeless, helpless, dispensable, or useless, that you are unloved, unseen, or unwanted that your failures or mistakes have disqualified you from your purpose, that your limitations can limit what God wants to do in and through your life, that the thing keeping you up at night is beyond redemption, that you will never get through it, beyond it, or over it. You will not believe or hold on to the promises of God by default. You must be proactive. 
you must fill your mind and heart with the things God says about you so that you have the ability to counter the lies of the enemy. It's a fight of faith, not a walk in the park. Don't give the enemy any real estate in your mind. Declare and decree the truth of God's word over your life. Wow. I'm gonna leave you with one final verse today. Found in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. And it says, you, dear children, that's you. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. We fight from a position of victory. The battle is already won. The war is already won. We know how this whole thing ends up. We are fighting from a place of victory. We can never forget that. We've got to understand what is happening around us in this spiritual battle. But because of the blood of Christ, because of what he has done on the cross, it changes everything. And we are victorious. And we can be victorious no matter what is happening in your life today. No matter what battle you are facing today, you have victory over it. Would you pray with me? Father, we declare victory. <laughs> and even though for some of us, this, this whole spiritual thing, this spiritual warfare may kind of freak us out a little bit, makes us uncomfortable. But if nothing else, God, I just pray that you would make us aware of the attacks of what's going on behind us because we know our enemy wants to take us down and we want to live for you. So Father, I just pray that you would bind Satan in our lives. For anyone who is out here struggling and hearing these voices, I pray that they would just cover them with scripture and cover them with you. Father, I pray that you give us boldness. I pray that you would give us this, this knowledge that we are operating from a place of victory. Thank you for the cross. God, I just pray that we as individuals and as a church will never lose sight of who you are and what you're calling us to do. It's in the amazing name of Jesus we pray. Amen.